In her essay, AIDS and Its Metaphors, Susan Sontag wrote, Getting cancer is often understood as the fault of someone who has indulged in unsafe behavior. The alcoholic with cancer of the esophagus, the smoker with lung cancer. Punishment for living unhealthy lives. The unsafe behavior that produces AIDS is judged to be more than just weakness. It is indulgence, delinquency, addictions to chemicals that are illegal, and to sex regarded as deviant. Time after time, one of the largest concerns regarding pandemics, epidemics, and emerging illnesses is who to blame. Which marginalized slice of society can we find a cleaner way to hate, a more agreeable way to despise? In image one, we look at a gay pride parade in June of 1990 in New York. But rather, this photo focuses on some hecklers on Fifth Avenue holding signs that say sodomy kills, saying that gay stands for got AIDS yet, and generally just raining terror upon the community. AIDS has been one of the most paramount examples of connecting disease to hatred in America. This autoimmune disorder is fundamentally universal to everybody. Any person can get AIDS, any person can get HIV, but because of the beginning of this outbreak, it was primarily within the bathhouses of San Francisco and with the homosexual men, a lot of the news media correlated homosexuality to getting AIDS. One quote that's emblematic of this hearsay is a quote by Susan Sontag saying, now AIDS obliges people to think of having sex as possibly having the direst consequences. Suicide, page 72. During this period, homosexuality or rather sexual orientation in general was not about who you love, who you wish to be intimate with. It was about your health. AIDS was a debilitating, horrible disease but the news media spun it in a way that was almost like people deserved it. For these homosexual men were invalidating the institution of marriage between a man and a woman. And because of that, they somehow consequently deserved to die over the span of years from a horrible autoimmune disease. It was politically unagreeable for evangelical Christians and the religious right to say that they hated gay people simply for existing. It's much cleaner to say that they hate a horrible debilitating disease and that gay people in engaging in deviant sexual activity were encouraging it. This painting also evokes many of the tensions of this disease. We look at the lettering, sodomy kills, and it's written in red, much like the blood that you, is used to communicate the disease between one person to another. Someone's holding up a skeleton, almost to represent the fact that people who are struck by AIDS over the course of years are diluted down to nothing. Their bodies become burned up by this disease. They cannot eat, they can't keep weight. They become a skeleton and a shell of the person that they once were. And that imagery is depicted in this sign. Image two of our exhibition looks to the 1349 massacre of Erfurt Jews in Germany, Jews who were blamed for the Black Death. The massacre of the Jewish community at Erfurt, Germany on March 21st, 1349 is known as this massacre. Estimates of the numbers of Jews who were killed in the massacre range from 100 to 3,000 people. Some Jews set fire to their homes and belongings, dying in the blazes before being hung. The numerous Black Death persecutions and massacres that occurred in France and Germany at the time were sometimes justified by accusations that local Jews were to blame for the outbreak of the Black Death, and other times justified by the belief that killing the local Jews would prevent the Black Death from spreading to that respective location. From scientific scholarship, we now know that the Black Death, also known as Yersinius pestis, was actually transmitted by rats. However, in the 1300s, there was not a robust epidemiological school of knowledge or knowledge of microbiology. And so the populations that were often scapegoated were marginalized slices of society. Even up until Hitler's Germany, Jews have often been regarded as dirty, as rat-like, as greedy, as close to the ground. And that 
idea and minimalization is completely present in image two. As we look at the figures in this image, we see that the Jews being hit and massacred and killed are often low to the ground as these rats transmitting the Black Death would be. If you look individually at their faces, they look almost animalistic. Their hair is unruly, they're to the ground, they have furrowed expressions, small eyes, almost beady and with like kind of like snout-like features. And this is also to say that the massacre is in a way symbolic of a greater ploy to get rid of the Black Death. A common practice in extermination nowadays is to simply just like burn the um, unit of measurement or house that you're living in to get rid of a pest, whether it be ants or termites or even rats. And that's exactly what's happening here. The people in Germany are so fear-mongered and so afraid of this imagined disease that they can't see that they've resulted to burning down the houses of Jews because they think in some pseudo-reality this will eliminate the threat of the Black Death and also of the Jews that they are intolerant of. Once again, and as was present in image one, they can't hate a virus. They can't hate this imaginary disease that they can't see but is killing the lives of those they love. And so they turn to the people they already hate and choose to just hate them in a more fashionable way. For image three, we turn to a more timely and unfortunately unrelatable example. Um, this image, illustrated by Arsha Gower, entitled COVID Anti-Asian Sentiment, depicts the large spawns of anti-Asian hate and intolerance that have resulted from the coronavirus pandemic. Though the exact beginnings of the coronavirus um, is unknown, many believe it to have originated in Wuhan, China, um, possibly at a lab, possibly um, out of nature, an emerging disease, it's really unknown. However, it is pretty clear from the scholarship that has amounted over the last year that this emergent um, novel coronavirus began in China. And since then, that beginning and that kind of finding of somebody to blame is something that the Republicans, especially Donald Trump during his presidency, clung to. Every single day for hours, sometimes days on end, Donald Trump would go up to his podium in his press conferences and refer to the coronavirus as the China virus, as the Kung flu, as the Chinese virus, and say all these things to put the blame of his own malreaction to the coronavirus onto the Chinese people. Throughout the course of the pandemic, and especially in the beginning, large amounts of misinformation spread throughout the news media and in um, Facebook groups. People believed that you could get coronavirus from coming into contact with Chinese people, from buying products made in China, and this large like sort of infodemic um, came to such a point that many Chinatowns across um, America as well as in other countries became completely desolated, empty, and really economically starved because of this idea that China was so intricately related to the coronavirus that any Chinese interaction could result in you contracting the disease. Image 3 really illustrates this and kind of shows some popular talking points in Republican media and also about anti-Asian sentiments. So we see one that says you should be quarantined, um, Ebola, which is in reference to sometimes when um, Trump to deflect blame from himself would relate his own coronavirus response to Obama's Ebola response or say that Obama or the um, Democrats had a much easier time with that because that was a more self-containing disease. We see China virus, which was one of the most popular names in which Trump referred to coronavirus as you caused coronavirus was something that people would scream at Chinese people um, 
completely unaffiliated to the Chinese government, often American-born Chinese immigrants, um, get out of the country, which is a popular sentiment that was used um, in 2016 against Mexican people xenophobically um, for Trump's campaign, and that is being used here, and death to dog eaters. And this is really the one that um, we want to focus on for this exhibition because it kind of ties into our larger theme of like promiscuity and rather um, deviant, unacceptable behavior. Um, a lot of the talk around coronavirus is that it emerged from wet markets in Wuhan, China, essentially a market where live animals, usually um, more exotic than what we see in Western America, um, are slaughtered right on site or, you know, sold away, but like brought there live. And it is believed that an interaction between either a local bat or some sort of other wildlife at a wet market is what synthesized the coronavirus and created the emerging pandemic. The idea of a wet market seems incredibly foreign to white Americans, to much of the Western world of the global North. And this is one of the main things that the news media has kind of clung onto and demonized about China during this whole um, pandemic. There's been large narratives saying, well, if Chinese Americans, if China was more normal, quote unquote, if they were like white people, if they ate chicken and pork instead of ferret and, you know, bat or something, this never would have happened. And obviously wet markets have existed for hundreds of years. And while maybe, you know, the practices are sometimes not super clean or not FDA approved, they are not the sole reason why the coronavirus exists. And that is also to say that the wet market in Wuhan, China, that may or may not have caused this, has nothing to do with Trump's or America's coronavirus response. But America also hates looking in the mirror, as does Trump. And so a lot of times people would defer back to this idea that this is their fault, death to dog eaters, if they were normal, if they were white, if they weren't Chinese, if they were here, if they weren't different. This is all, you know, obviously stemming from xenophobia. If they were less promiscuous with their eating choices, none of this would ever happen. And so they somehow, consequently, once again, deserve this hate and this disease. Our final image is a still from the 2011 thriller Contagion starring Gwyneth Paltrow. This movie covers the plot of a fictional respiratory disease, much like the coronavirus, that spans across all of America and essentially originates with Gwyneth Paltrow's character. She is patient zero. The plot is essentially that she was going back home to Minnesota with her family, but on the way engages in an adulterous relationship, spends the night at a casino with this man, and it is in that night that the emerging respiratory illness um, begins. This movie is maybe the most emblematic example of promiscuity and pandemic being intimately related because this movie kind of exists on the precipice that if Gwyneth's character, if she had literally closed her legs, if she had gone home, if she had not invalidated her marriage, if she had not cheated, the entire world would have been spared from this monumental, extremely fatal disease that she and her promiscuity and her adultering are the reason that millions of people died and that this entire virus emerged. And while this movie is fictional, this still kind of perfectly encapsulates the line between promiscuity and pandemic. Gwyneth is sitting at this table because she's engaging in an affair. She is missing her flight back home to her husband who's doodly looking after her child and, you know, kind of acting out on her place as a mother. And instead, she's here transmitting the virus. She's blowing into this man's hands. Likely there's like dice in his hands and he's gambling. Um, but really what she's doing is transmitting this virus. She's blowing and exerting um, micro droplets of her own DNA into the air and kind of beginning this pandemic. And everything about this image is very sexual. You know, the man is staring at her, but not staring at her from the guise of like, oh, you're, you know, wishing me luck. Almost exerting his male gaze. She, he's staring at her side profile. She's looking down, kind of submitting to him. He has the power. His hands are out. Hers are kind of clasped back. 
Gwyneth's character is acting out and being promiscuous and the kind of connotation to this image is that that is what started all of this. It was her own um, deviant actions, inappropriate um, sexual behavior that began this global pandemic. As you survey this exhibition, I encourage you to think to yourself about the intersections between promiscuity and pandemic, and also about other ways in which we vilify those who are unlike us in ways that aren't even manifesting an illness. It's easier to hate an entire group of people and feel like that gives you power over a virus or over the unknown than it is to accept everyone and focus on reality. 